to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Y'all heard that? Y'all heard that? Y'all heard that? Hold on, let me do it again. Big Sarge. I feel great. I feel great. For those of you all who follow me on social media, uh, on Twitter, Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end, you all know that I've been sick for a week. I have been sick to the point where the doctor diagnosed me with allergic bronchitis, meaning that once my allergies flare up, it takes me to the point of having bronchitis. So I have not been able to sleep in my bed for a week next to my lovely wife. But shout out to my wife because this past weekend she said, you know what? I know you're sick. I'm going to sleep in here with you. So we both slept on the couch, getting up 3 o'clock in the morning, eating egg sandwiches. I don't know what the hell we was watching on TV, but we was just watching. So we go down these weird rabbit holes of like NCIS New Orleans, FBI, and then I live with a monster. I'm married to evil. I don't know. Listen, y'all, if I come up missing, just know that Mrs. Bearfield may have had something to do with it. But I feel great. I'm telling you right now, I, I feel great. I had to sleep uh, sitting upright. So I've been sleeping on the couch for about a week because I couldn't lay down because I had too much phlegm in my chest, too much going on in my chest. But I feel great now. Once again, you tune to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Make sure you follow me on social media, Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on the Tick and the Talk. I'm getting real good over there on TikTok too, y'all. I'm telling you right now, Big Sarge Media is blowing up over there on TikTok. So you might want to hop on over there and see what I got going on. But on today, I have a special guest. And I'm so happy that this guest would bless this little bitty old bit. No, wait, hold on now. We'll never do nothing little bitty over here because I'm from Texas. So I'm glad that he was able to bless this platform over here with his presence. And I want to bring him up, but I don't want him to say a word just yet. I want to go ahead and bring him up. We got Kelly Eco from The Athletic, New York Times, host of the Ecosystem Podcast. You've seen him on ESPN. You've seen him on NBC. You've seen him on NBA TV. You've seen him on NBA.com. You've seen Uh-oh, him give it to everywhere. Him. <laughs> You've seen this guy everywhere, and I'm so glad to call you a brother. PCB, sure. we ain't you got it. Where Cody at, man? Shout out Cody, man. It's <laughs> an exclusive book, though. Exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. On, Ex- exclusive. On, Look. We finally was able to get Cody past that Neo phase. Now he can be a... (laughs) (laughs) Once again, you all like to welcome uh, Kelly Eco. Kelly, I know it's been a busy offseason for you, especially with the Rockets going through everything that they're going through. They've been in this rebuilding phase. They called it phase one, and now they're heading into phase two. But before we get to talking about the Rockets, I have to ask you a question. Kelly, how did you get started in this business? Well, that's a great question. Um, so a long time ago, probably 2016, I was in Austin going to school. And I was at the point in my life where you kind of have an idea of what you want to do, but you're not really sure. And we were in this career building class. And they had put us into groups, tried to get us to the point was to write down our interests, give it to someone else. They give it back to us and they give us suggestions on careers to maybe follow so i had written down sports i'd written down numbers i'd written down um 
the storytelling and stuff like that. But my whole thing was that, you know, sports was my passion. But I was still studying at the time. I was studying economics, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't really sure how to parlay that at the time. So this girl in my class was like, "Why don't you? Would you ever consider sports journalism?" At the time, I said, "No." Like I didn't think it was a, I didn't think it was a viable path to to go down. I didn't think I wasn't sure of the the dynamics and the and the logistics. But you know. And did you tell her that, hey, I come from a Nigerian household? Yeah, you go, I, 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 come, I don't come where you come from. So. <laughs> He's like, hey, I come from a Nigerian household. So, uh, look, you've heard is, this story. Is, yeah, is, is, is doctor or, or, or engineer. It's not, yeah. it's not an option. But, you know, she said, just think about it. So when I got back to my to my apartment, my best friend, David, he he was like, he was trying to encourage me to, to actually seek these things out. So I went online. I found some blogs. Um. Uh, Space City Scoop, to be specific, um, I reached out to them in hopes of you know something, and, and they brought me on free of charge. My I would just write like little previews here and there, game previews, stuff like that, little recaps, just things on the side, just kind of get get my feet wet and trying to get a first taste of sports writing. Because remember, prior to this, I had no experience. Yes. So um, I'm doing that at the same time going to school, and this is around the time when. Uh, this was the 2016-17 season, right? So, um, remember that year? You know, James had the infamous two for eleven game, six game, whatever. And and that summer, I'm looking for an internship. Um, I, I'm on Twitter surfing the net at the time. I had probably like 300 followers. Um, I found something uh, at ESPN Radio. They wanted me to come in. Um, so when I came into to the, to the studio, they told me that this is what all the interns had done before them. Like they help out with the actual shows and stuff like producing stuff. I didn't want to do that. You know, I, cause I figured if you guys are getting X amount of interns every year, you're just churning our interns. Yes. How many of those guys are actually going on to get actual jobs? I didn't yeah. think it was that high. Um, and it wasn't my passion. So I asked them, could I do, could I stick to something writing based? And so they had never heard that before, but they said, you know, We'll give it a shot. So they they put me with the social media team. Um, they allow me to do, you know, show recaps, podcast recaps, and still maintain my independence of doing things on the blogs and and stuff like that with SB Nation. So I kept going down that path and just getting more and more comfortable. And then as fate would have it, one day, um, our program director there was an event at the Twitter Center that that that, that someone had to go cover the event. But for some reason, at the office that day, there was like me and only me and the program director and one other person. So John, the program director, asked me, he's like, Kelly, do you want to go cover this event? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I've never like that was that sounded like sounded amazing. I get to be, you know, in, in the building and where stuff goes down. Just and, and I was supposed to go follow somebody, like be a shadow and just take notes and whatever. They wanted me to stream on their Facebook live. So I walk in there. I'm seeing, at the time, I'm seeing Berman, I'm seeing Fagan, I'm seeing all these these famous Houston reporters. Yes. And no one knows who the fuck, oh, well, no one knows who the, hand over heart, no one knows yep. who the hell I am. And, 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 and um, I'm just there, you know, streaming the event. And then um, I'm tweeting from, from the account and people are like, who the hell is this guy? Who's, eh, like, where'd he come from? Yeah. 
Um, so I came back to, to the station. They said I did well. Um, they, they gave me more and more opportunities. At the time, I was still going to school in Austin, so I would come and go. Um, come, wait, come and go, meaning you would drive like, from Like, because I was taking summer classes. Yeah, so I'll come from Austin, and I'll come back to Houston, stuff like that. So, Oh, wow. Um, a lot of people so, don't have that dedication, Kelly. A lot of people ain't systems, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 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 you know, at the end of the summer, you know, that's kind of around the time when people begin to finalize what they're going to do for the year. So, you know, as the Rockets have their credential process, you have to put in applications for different outlets. So ESPN Houston had a certain number of allocated spots for their credentials. And obviously I'm an intern. I don't have any real footing within the company, so they can't really do so much for me. But what they did do, the Rockets did was they said, look, if there's ever extra space available and you apply early enough, you can come down. Wait, Kelly, hold on. Extra space, you mean in the 400s? Because In the press box. <laughs> <laughs> the real press box. Yeah, oh, my God. The I just that first set up there, and they started dropping stuff from the ceiling. I was like, hey, just put it in my hand. Yeah, just, 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 just get, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so um, you know, they so some games, they would, they would email my, uh, John would email the Rockets, and if there was space, let's say on a Wednesday night, um, they would let me know. I would leave class at like four, four thirty. Mind you, this is during traffic. I got to drive to Houston. I already probably missed <clears throat> the pregame stuff, yeah. Like the pregame availability, all that stuff. But I get to go to the game. Yeah. I get to you know go up there. I'm taking my notes. I'm I'm watching the game. But no matter where I sat during the game, after the game, we're all in the same place. We're all in the yeah. locker room. Yep. So that's where people really get to differentiate themselves in you know the media sphere because it don't matter where you sit at the end of the day you gotta talk to people yeah you gotta build those bonds you gotta you gotta you gotta make connections because this is how you get your content this is how you get this is how you gain trust this is how you do everything so and, and I figured from a very early point I said if I walk into a locker room and and mind you this is this is Houston's what that was the 65 win season so if I'm walking to a locker room the biggest stories are obviously James and Chris, right? Yeah. Understandably so. What about the other guys? Yeah. There's 15 guys in that locker room. Mm -hmm. If I go talk to the 14 to 15 guy on the roster, and if I do that consistently enough, pretty soon the 12th guy's going to notice. Yeah. The 11th guy's going to notice. The 10th guy's going to notice. And once you build that trust over a number of, of times, people are more comfortable to talk to you. Because once they realize that we're not that good, I mean, obviously you're an NBA athlete, but at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all kind of within the same age range, not too close, but because that was an older team, but we all strive to do our jobs to the greatest of our ability. So, you know, the times I was there, I was writing for, um, who was I writing for? Let's blanket my name right now. Oh, Dream Shake. Sorry. The Dream Shake and um, doing my stuff here and there on the side. So I kept doing that for the year, the school year. And then once the playoff came around, um, I got an opportunity to cover the Rockets for Rockets Wire. So great organization. Great organization. So it was a dream come true because it was that's you say today. That's I'm like me? Yeah. I mean, if y'all if y'all if y'all think I'm good enough, shit, let's do it. So <laughs> 
I took both. I took the opportunity with both hands, and yeah. you know, I did it to the best of my ability, and and you know, I just kept getting more and more experience. So my my big breakthrough came, I guess, in the news breaking sphere was when um, the Clint Capella extension. At the time, you know, he was supposed to. He was rumored to. You know, he wants to get a long term deal. The Rockets want to keep him. Blah blah blah. I was at the barbershop in Austin. No, I was at a bar- yeah, I was at the barbershop in Austin. And I was getting my hair cut. And I got a text from someone connected to the team. You know, letting me know that Clint was gonna resign. Wow. And and this person was extremely close to Clint and Clint close to so I knew it was valid. So you know, I'm, I'm, I confirmed it, I put it out, and like eight minutes later, Woj put it out. So you know, in the in the, in the, in the NBA world, eight minutes between you know reporting is a lifetime. Yes. And the fact that I was able to do that, and you know how rabid the Rockets fan base is, they 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 were ecstatic over the moon. And I got a shout out on ESPN. Shout out to Amin El Hassan. He had shouted me on 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 the show for breaking the news. And from that moment on, you know, people started to pay attention to me, you know, like the athletic that was expanding their, their brand. They were coming to, I think at the time they had a a Texans um, vertical, but they didn't have a basketball one at the time and they were expanding different cities. So, you know, I got a, a, a message from Marcus Thompson saying, you know, Hey, they're expanding. Are you interested? And I was like, uh, what kind of question is that? Of course I'm interested. Marcus covers Golden State, correct? Yeah, he's a columnist. He covers them in the NBA. So um, once I got that message, you know, and at this point, I think I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty comfortable in my writing. I'm pretty comfortable in my in my in my footing within the within the uh, no pun intended the ecosystem, the, yeah, the NBA ecosystem. Right. So um, I'm I'm pretty confident. So the athletic that they brought me in. The original plan was for me to be a number two guy behind somebody else, um, but that didn't come to fruition for some reason, and I was on my own. And then, you know, the rest is history. Here we are today, man. I will say this, Kelly, uh, and um, for those of you all who are listening or who will see clips from this, I want you to listen to Kelly's story. And Kelly, I, I, I just want to say this in front of everyone, man. There's a lot of nuggets inside of what you just said, because we live in a society now where everybody just wants to go straight to the top. Everybody wants to go and work directly right. for the athletic or right. you know, for ESPN or CBS sports. And, you know, there's a lot of hard work and groundwork that you got. There's a lot of work that goes into this. I mean, one of our colleagues um, told me one time that it took him 15 years. Tim told me it took him 15 years to get to where he is right now with ESPN. So, you know, you have to put in that hard work and that hard work will pay off if you stay consistent. We've seen so many people within this last, because I got to, I started covering the Rockets, I want to say in 2017, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. And we've seen so many people come and go within these last, you know, four to five seasons, Kelly, because they don't want to put in the work. And you definitely put in that work and I want people to be able to hear that and recognize that, you know, that it doesn't just come here. You didn't just become the ecosystem, you know, overnight. And I'm pretty sure that 
there was a lot of times that that you probably thought to yourself, like, like, what am I doing? I feel like I'm spinning my wheel. <clears throat> right. How were you able to get over those type of humps, Kelly, when you felt like you were just spinning your wheels and it's just like, I want to get to that next level and it didn't seem like it's moving fast enough? So shout out to my brother, Ali Khan. You know, he, me and him went to school together and we were, we had the same passions. You know, Ali Khan's a wizard, if anybody knows him. You know, one of the smartest X's and those guys you'll see crossing this game. And Johnny, correct? Johnny, right. Oh, yeah. And we just we just crossed paths. And once we figured out that we were in the same vicinity, the same environment, you know, we just clicked. So even when we were going through initial resistance, you know, we just if you push hard enough, something will open. He's a um, very smart guy too. I mean yeah. X's and O's, man. I'm like saying to myself, yeah. But as a as a as a person, he he he's one of the most genuine people you ever meet. He just wants people to do well and to succeed. You, you know, know what's right? so, so funny? Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kelly. But what's yeah. so funny is, uh, I interact with his brother Sean, who yeah. uh, does work over at uh, Sean's a legend. Yeah, Sean's a legend. 16, yeah. Right, and they're the exact same. And it's funny because I met Alakon before I met Sean. But right. like they are one in the same. Like they both have genuine yeah. great hearts man and that's why i like interacting with both of them yeah so me and ali kind of came and he and he and it's crazy because i at one point i reached out to him before i started like i reached out to a lot of people like yeah him spo before they who i was and i was just trying to get my foot in the door somehow so um but yeah once you because you're going to come across resistance in anything you do and especially in media when you when you can kind of feel at times overwhelmed and maybe underappreciated, you kind of feel like because there's so much work, there's so much content out there, how do you stand out? And that was a, a big thing for me early on because, you know, the Rockets at the time were, well, they were an extremely popular team because of, you know, them challenging the Warriors and them trying to make this big splash on the NBA, you know, pedestal and everything. Just, it, it was a lot. So I just had to keep my head to the ground, stay humble, understand that, no one owes me anything and no one's going to just hand me anything. I have to go, I have to go take it. So, you know, that's what I did. I continue to make those bonds, speak to people around the arena, speak to the workers, speak to, you know, the lower level people, the lower level staff members. You just never know who could help you in the time of need. And, you know, you, you keep making those bonds and you keep staying true to yourself. And then at some point the work will show off and it'll pay off. Yeah. That's why, you know, my my wife attends some games and you know once she she'll get to the arena early and she's just like like you be talking to everybody. It's like I don't even like one time I'll see you talking to you know maybe a usher over here, then you talking to a security person over here, yeah. and I don't even know who you're talking to over there. And I was like, I just talk to everybody, it doesn't matter. I don't have to always be talking to an athlete or an owner or an agent, you know, or yeah. a coach. It's like I, I just yeah. like interacting and talking to people. And to be honest with you. That's, you know, sometimes, Kelly, that's where you get the best information from. That's for sure. <laughs> you be like, say what? No, that's for sure. Like, that's I, for I, ain't, sure. I ain't lying to you, Sarge. <laughs> once again, <laughs> you tune into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I have Kelly Eco from the Athletic New York Times and host of the Ecosystem. Kelly, can you tell us your favorite or your most memorable moment covering the NBA? My favorite moment. A good you know, wait. Outside of chopping it up on the hardwood floor in Oakland uh, during game, I with, don't with, with Stephen A. With, with the with, with the OGs, yeah, Stephen A. Chris Haynes, Mark Spears. Yeah, that was, that was legendary. 
Um, my favorite moment, it has to be. Damn, that's a good question. Um, any, I know you have. We've talked about some so many. Like so, the trade, the trade deadline where we we got to stay late after work and, um, like me breaking that. Like it's so, it's so many. I can't pinpoint one. Or I, well, I might, I'm gonna come back to it. But um, it's been, it's been so many. It's been, been so many. And it, and it could be on or off the court. Like I mean, it doesn't have to be for for being. Actually, I, no, no, no. I do have a favorite moment. My my favorite moment was. It was in Vegas, um, and I got. To, it was my first time doing a real, like a profile, and I and I, it was with Daniel House, and I I got to spend a lot of time with him. This was around the time when he was uh, signing the deal, um, and I got to actually see what it's like to actually put in a lot of work for a profile behind the scenes, getting those conversations, speaking with people around him, actually laying out the process of doing a long form feature. And that kind of opened my eyes into what I really like to do, which is that, you know, getting to spend time with individuals and kind of learn their stories. And, 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 and that's why you see like those things matter to people. Like I can call the house right now and answer the phone. Like, I can, like it doesn't matter. Like there are players I can do that with because I've spent time with them and I, and I, and I come to them with no, I have no agenda. You know, I don't give yeah. a, like, I tell them all the time, I'm not TMZ. I don't give a, like, I'm not that kind of person. You know, I'm yeah. just here to tell good stories. And yeah. some people like it, some people may not. But I've never been, you know, I've always been genuine in, in my coverage. Or And I try to be as fair as possible, try to be as honest. Like, you got to understand, when you're covering a team like the Rockets, you're not going to please everybody. It's just impossible. Yeah. Like, it's, you're, no, that's two the people NBA in general, too, right? And that's, and that's life in general, too. Yeah, like, you're not gonna please everybody. You can't. It's impossible. You have to stick, stay true to what got you there, and you have to stay true to yourself. And that's how you elevate, and that's how you ascend. So, when it comes to my coverage, that's what I've always strived to do, and it's it's afforded me a lot of nice moments. Like one of one of my favorite moments was <laughs> um, when the pandemic first hit, yeah. and this is the day after um, um, the NBA shut down. Yeah. So. You know, we're, we're trying to, you know, you and I, other people are trying to, like, we're scared because we don't know the next time we're going to actually speak to these players for yeah. a while. So I got a call that, you know, uh, James was, well, he was out somewhere. And, and so, and mind you, this is the heat, like COVID, like it's real, but it's not like boom, boom, real like So, yeah. so I, I rush, I grab some gloves, grab a mask and I'm, and I go to where he's at. Um, him and a few teammates, and I'm at the I'm at the bar. I'm standing by the bar with my gloves on, looking ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just trying to figure out: can I get a quote from? Like, can I guess? I just, I just want to get it a quote yeah. or two on because it's a crazy situation. Like I've never we've never seen this before in our True. lives because of a health scare. So, um, I'm looking down. I'm on my phone, my phone on Twitter for like maybe like 20 seconds, and. At, I, w- I walk in the room at first, and he's on the other side of the room. So, yeah, I didn't think anything of it. I was just gonna wait and see if I catch him on the way out. I'm on my phone looking at something. And mind you, James has known me for a couple of years now. So, then I, I look up. James is right in front of me. Yeah, he looks at me. He looks. 
on my gloves, looks at me again, looks at my gloves. He said, hand over heart. He said, take the fucking gloves off, man. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he didn't even give me the quote. He just like, he literally just did that. But yeah. but him, he started laughing and they're all goofing off. And, uh, you know, we just talked for a little bit, but then just stuff like that. And then spend time with Chris, you know, getting to know Chris, you know, those guys, you know, I say a Hartenstein, like there are countless people that I've come across and not even just the Rockets, like getting yeah. to meet Melo, you know, a guy I've always admired and just seeing how, how thoughtful of a person he is on a human level. Yeah. And just even with John, Wall, like there's so many, there's so many stories of people that we've come across in this sport. And I don't take any of them for granted for sure, because all of those individual moments have shaped who I am as an individual in their own way. Um, and that's kind of what my biggest takeaway has been. And you know what, Kelly, I, I like what you said, because, you know, me, when I got into the media, I didn't have, you know, yeah. I, I didn't have any journalistic background as far as, you know, going to school for, you know, broadcasting, journalism, radio, television. I didn't have any of that. I just knew that I, I was good at two things, talking and telling stories. Right. And so, Right. And I knew that I could convey that into, you know, in, into print form. I knew that I could write my story. So, um, you know, just being around. And, and the one thing that I did was I just learned. I sat back and I watched you all, you know, and I, I learned, you know, how to do different types of things. And I've always been a guy because, you know, I came into you know, I, I was already older. So having an older mm. mindset, older mentality, I already knew how to interact with people. And I knew that. You know, discretion is key in our business. If you, you know, <clears throat> yeah. sometimes, if you can make a, a an athlete, or uh, athlete or coach or you know whoever you're talking to, owner, yeah. feel like yo, this guy don't want anything from me but just to have a conversation. And yeah. I've had conversations with people that those things that they've told me will go to the grave with me. It's not going to be a, you know, I, I, I'm not going to put it out on social media and make it a hot take. And so now, you know, yeah. when I'm around, they're comfortable. Cause they're like, he ain't asked me for no autograph. He ain't asked me for no tickets. He ain't asked me for nothing, but just to talk. Most of the times I've chopped it up. And especially now with, you know, yeah. with so many younger guys in that Rockets locker room, Kelly, it's like, I don't want to say that I'm their daddy, but, you know, I'm 51 years old, going on 52, yeah. so I'm old enough to be some of their fathers, but I don't act that way towards them. Yeah. I treat them, you know, I'm calling 19 and 20-year-old Mr. Sir, you know? Mr., yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mr., because, you know, I was like, hey, look, this is your profession. This is where you work. I'm just trying to show you respect. So right. I just appreciate, you know, what you said about, you know, being able to interact and how you interact with people like that. Who has been the most influential for you in the media? Um, probably Joe Blank, my mentor at uh -huh. ESPN. Yeah. He, I first started there, you know, he kind of took me under his wing and he showed me the ropes and he allowed me to not be afraid to express myself in a new environment. And that was super important for me at the time because, you know, I didn't have any experience. I didn't, if he, on paper, there's no reason why I should have been given the opportunity, right? But mm -hmm. he he allowed me to be confident in myself and be able to spread my wings and and find my own voice. And then, you know, when people around him kind of questioned 
me or he always stood by my side and he never wavered. So, so that's why I was called Joe, my big brother, because he stood up for me when he didn't have to, frankly, you know, he didn't yeah. know me from a can of paint, you know, yeah. it would have been very easy for him to just turn the other way and do his job. But he, it meant something to him to take time out to make sure I was good. And he always check up on me, even, even after I left ESPN, like just to see how I'm doing, you know, we'll catch up just genuine friendship. And that means a lot to me. And then, you know, a, lot, a number of people like, but, you know, Joel, especially, you know, stands out. Yeah, I can, you know what, and that's how it is. Uh, with the, I'm listening to you and I, and I know that that's the type of relationship Indy, Indy and I have, you know. Yeah. And even though I'm older than Indy, Indy's like a big brother to me as well. And, you know, especially you always remember when someone opened yeah. up a door for you just because of who you are, you yeah. know. Like they open up that door and they bring you on to you know like their platform or into their world, and then they yeah. their only agenda is to make you, you know, is to cheer you on for your success and help you get to that to that next level. So man, that's great. Now look, now we got all that heartfelt stuff out the way, Kelly. We got all that, you know, into the real, the real. Oh, oh man, you know, we've gotten to know Kelly Eco the person. Now let's get to know yeah. Kelly Eco, the 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 Houston Rockets. Beat reporter, main man on the job for the Athletic and the New York Times. Let's get to know sure. Kelly. Now that we've gotten to know Kelly, uh, host of the Ecosystem Podcast, which, by the way, is amazing. Kelly, you're doing a great job over there. And let me do Hey, man, it's up and coming, man. It's trying. We're trying. I got to do trying. this for you. Available where you get your podcast from. Hey. 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 All right, Kelly, let's talk about this Houston Rockets offseason. First thing, what do they need? What, what what do the Houston Rockets need? Um, well, outside of you know a sprinkle of holy water, they need you know just <laughs> they just need you know veterans. They need they need structure. They need organization. They need direction. And you know this is a talented group of guys. You, you see guys like Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Alperen Shingun, Tari's, and you know there's there's a young core to be excited about. But they do Good need boy, structure around there. And, and yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. as well. They they need veteran w winning players that know how to get things done, that want to help push these guys to becoming better players, better individuals, better humans. Because, you know, two, three years into this rebuild, you know, you could argue that they should be further along in their development. You know, things haven't gone how they wanted to go. Um, it's been a bit of chaos at times, but if you can see the bigger picture and take a step back, you understand some of the things that they've had to go through. The 21 season, the 21 season is all that trying to build towards something. You know, obviously they're disappointed to not get a top three pick in this draft because of what they've gone through, but they still have, <clears throat> you know, the fourth pick and they're still pretty high of a pick. You can still get, you know, a talented player in this coming draft. And they just need a bit of everything. Um, they need shooting. They need playmaking help. They need defense help for sure. Um, but more important, they need leaders in that locker room to help these young guys um, go from point A to point B and then phase one to whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to need you to put your – so I've just I, – I, uh, we're going to go into this fictional world where I've made you the Houston Rockets GM. What They do that on like 2K, right? On 2K, yeah. you be like a GM? Yeah, you take control of the franchise and stuff, yeah. 
So, so I'm going to make you in control of the Houston Rockets franchise. I'm going to make you GM, you right alongside. Now, listen, for those of you all who are listening, no, Rafael Stone did not get fired or anything, and they made Kelly. We're, we're Look, we're in the 2K world, all right? Two, uh, Kelly is going to be the GM. Right. Got a couple of things I want to ask you as GM. All right. James Harden or Jalen Brown? James Harden or Jalen Brown? Wow. You're the um, GM. You got to pick it between one – well, either one of those guys that, to, to help the Houston Rockets franchise. What is Jalen Brown coming at the cost of? Am I, am I losing it? Am I losing anything? You're just getting them. You can, you can, you got your pick of either Jalen Brown or James Harden. And they say, hey, Kelly, here you go. You can take either one of these guys. Which one are you taking? I'll probably go Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown over James Harden. It's a tough one. No, actually, no, no, no. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. These I'm guys talking about today's guard. James Harden. Today's James Harden. And today's Jalen Brown. Ah, uh, taking Jalen Brown. I'm taking Jalen Brown. Is it because yeah. of his age and because it's of... because of the age? It's because of the age. It's because of the All NBA. It's because of the two way ability. It's because of yeah, Jalen Brown. Like, don't let. I know how social media is because of how the Celtics lost in Game Seven. Don't don't be fooled by that. The Rockets need 82 game players over 16 game players. So, as far as 82 game players are concerned, Jalen Brown pretty damn good. So. So you're taking an all NBA player over the Hall of Famer. Oh, when you put it like that, that's crazy. <laughs> and I'm only asking because of it. I mean, it, I, I couldn't ask anybody else outside of the uh, the people who cover the Rockets on a day to day basis. I couldn't ask them this type of question because it, they wouldn't know. But because right. I know you know, and I know you know know, you got that Hall of Famer right there who could step in. And teacher Kevin Porter Jr. or you got Jalen Brown. You coming in? He's you know he's played with uh, head coach Emil Doka. He he is he, he good to go. He made the All NBA team. Like, that's, a t- that's a tough choice. They could they could they could get both of them, but that's for a different conversation. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't say this over, but but <laughs> All right, so okay, so let, let me ask you another uh question, General Manager yeah. Kelly Eco. Could Kyrie Irving help this team? Uh for sure. I mean, these guys need beautiful basketball minds, and Kyrie Irving is one of the smartest basketball players this game has ever seen. So don't man, people some people can be extremely short-sighted, and that's yeah. because of the, the day and age of Twitter and, and Instagram and all that stuff, but from a basketball perspective, you will not find one NBA player that will speak ill of Kyrie Irving. Not one. Not one. To the yeah. point where to the point where you seen the LeBron like there's a reason why LeBron wants to play with this guy still. Yeah. So any rocket would benefit from listening to 10 minutes of Kyrie Irving every day. And so. I and he gets a very bad rep out you know off the court just because of what he believes in and and his belief but like you said man it's if i if if he was a little bit taller i'm pretty sure we'll be watching kobe but, bryant part two because he has that mentality and that mindset he may only have that he doesn't have that mamba mentality on the defensive side of the ball but on that offensive <laughs> side of the ball kelly he is one of the he he offensively i feel like kyrie Irving is still top five in this league for sure. well, well, and I will say this though. I mean, he has put himself in some 
some pretty bad situations where he could have just easily just, you know, expressed his views differently. That didn't come off as insulting. But as far as basketball is concerned, yeah. is what I'm talking about. In that locker room leadership-wise, he would be a godsend. Him and – but you could put any veteran. You could put a number of veteran point guards in that same category, and they would be a godsend for this group because they just don't have a leader. They don't have a, 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 a you know – an organizer, a quarterback. So young. Right. And I would say, look, I would say, man, CP3 would be able to teach those young men. Oh, CP3 would be amazing for those guys. But he hit the Lakers. Look, he going to the Lakers, man. Hey, look. You think so? Oh, man, look. if if (laughs) LeBron has played with every banana boat guy except, (laughs) right? (laughs) Except CP3, correct? Yeah, yeah. So you got to get your last banana boat guy on your way. Out the yeah. door. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> do the Rockets stay at number four or do they trade their pick away? And if they do stay at number four, Kelly, who would you select? <clears throat> um, I think they stay at four. I would be pretty surprised if they well, nothing surprises me today, but <laughs> I think they should I mean I think they should stay at four. And if I stay at four, I would just take Amen Thompson, I think, uh now, granted, I, I would think long and hard between him and Cam Whitmore because I like Cam Whitmore a lot. He's probably my favorite player in the draft. But as far as prospects go, Amen Thompson is Jesus Christ. Like six seven, jump out the gym, explosive, powerful, quick, shifty, but defensive, jump shot, though, aggressive. Kelly. The jumper. Who in that team can shoot though? Like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shying away from a guy because. He, his jumper is questionable. Well, Ross's question, Ross's jump shot is questionable. But you so, need a jump shooter though for that yeah, roster because they got a lot of why, guys. To get to yeah, the- yeah. But that's why you, that's where you come into development. That's where you have shooting coaches. That's why, like, you can get better. Like, you remember Jalen Green when he first got to the league, his jumper was, yeah, his mechanics weren't the greatest, and yeah, John Lucas kind of helped him speed up this jumper and smoothen out the mechanic. Like that, that thing is real. So, yeah. the right people can help you. So he, he's a kid. I'm not expecting to come. To the NBA ready made. Everyone comes with a you know with the mark you know with, with with question marks that you gotta you gotta iron out. So um as far as prospects go, he is right below that tier of Brandon Miller Scoot Victor. So you do nothing to try to get into the top three to get either Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. You have to give up too many assets. You have to give up too much to get them. You have to give up too much because those teams know how valuable those guys are. Yeah. So Charlotte's not coming off of two for cheap. Yeah. Portland doesn't even want Portland wants to build around Dame. So you have nothing to offer them to build around Dame. So why do they care what you have at four? You know, unless 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 Portland says, you know, look, we're going to transition to a rebuilding phase. We're trying to accumulate. As many drop that sets moving forward. Now that's a conversation to be had. But if they're trying to build around Dame and Dame wants to st- remain in Portland, I don't. I just think you can get better elsewhere. You know, for the number three pick. Yeah. The Houston Rockets did not extend the contract of um, Stephen Silas. And shout out to Coach Silas, who is now part of the Detroit Pistons staff with uh, Monty Williams. Right. He actually texted me on, on my birthday, which was which was surprising. I thought he hated me. But, <laughs> hey, that's another story. Look, that's that's what big stars after dark. Yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. Steve was my guy. 
yeah, I got a chance to uh, talk to him through text as well. And, um, you know, just to congratulate him and tell him, you know, I look forward to seeing him and uh, stay warm. Uh, the Detroit weather is not like look Detroit Auburn Hills. It ain't like uh, Houston weather. So no, it's not. And I know, I mean, he was up in Cleveland, so he definitely understands. But the Houston Rockets um, decided to give former Boston Celtics coach Emil Doka a chance to uh, lead this team into phase two. What, is, what has been your overall impressions of him so far, Kelly? I think Emil is a straight shooter. I think he knows what he wants. He knows how to get to where he wants to go with this team. He knows the guys he needs around him, um, the coaches he needs around him to help him get, get to that platform. And he doesn't settle for less. He demands accountability, demands respect, demands a team first mentality, demands defense. You're going to have to grind your gears on that, on that defensive end of the ball. Um, he needs a professional setting and, for the last two seasons, we haven't seen that in Houston. Like they've, they're, they're talented guys. They've, they've, they've wowed us at times and won some games. But overall, you know, the structure has not been there. The accountability has not always been there. And, you know, Ime coming in understands you have to kind of reset the clock. And you come in from day one. And from all accounts, I've already heard that, that that process has already started in terms of getting the message across to the players that, look, what you guys did in the past – is not going to fly going forward because, you know, Emei's coming off. The last time he was on the sidelines, there was in the NBA Finals, which is what everyone's watching right now and losing their minds. So, you know, for someone that's been there, he kind of expects a certain level of decorum on the floor. And, you know, players like Dylan Green, Jabari, all those guys, they have to buy in from day one. And they are – and I've heard they already have, but – just just hearing what Ime, you know, wants to do with that team, you know, it, sh- it should excite any Rockets fan. You think that has a lot to do with his Spurs background? I think it's a big part of who he is, like just coaching under Pop and understanding, you know, being able to spend time with one of the greatest minds this game has ever seen. That kind of carries with you. And as you can see, he kind of has his own tree now with guys that he's worked with and guys that he – is close with, and that's kind of what shaped his staff currently in Houston. So, um, just being able to spend time in San Antonio, that, and understand that Pop's demand for excellence in all aspects of the game that's carried with him. That's carried with him all throughout his years, and and brought him to Houston. You listen to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. My guest, Kelly Eco, is host of the Ecosystem podcast. He also is a journalist, columnist, beat writer for the Houston Rockets <laughs> with The Athletic and the New York Times. Um, before I ask you this next question, Kelly, um, what made you decide to do the Ecosystem? Tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Um, the name, actually, shout out to Ali Khan. He actually was throwing back somebody. Like, this is the time when I was trying to. F- find out like what name I wanted to do because remember I used to have an old show Brody and the Beard but no <laughs> because your name was Brody and the Beard yeah. both them dudes is gone so yeah. I had to do my own thing and then um, but the ecosystem because I just felt like sports as a whole is his own it's his own world and yeah. and there's so much you can do within the world of sports it's its own it has its different levels of, of things within it and um, you can find your passion. There's so many different angles of sports you can cover within so many different kind of conversations that you can have eye-opening conversations that can 
know, give you insight into different parts of sports, not just basketball, football, soccer, whatever you want, whatever floats your boat. And that's kind of how I came across the ecosystem. And my name Ego, so, you know, it tracks. I'm glad you said that because, you know, I damn sure would have been calling it the Ico system. <laughs> now, Kelly, I know that you do. <clears throat> you you cover the, the Houston Rockets, but yeah. a lot of people don't know this, is that not only do you cover the Houston Rockets, you cover the NBA. Yeah. You, know, you have, ex, you know, you have expanded yourself out, mm-hmm. not just to, you know, just with the Houston Rockets, but yeah. you've been out covering a lot more teams in the NBA. <clears throat> Yeah. That leads me to my next question. Miami, they done right. They 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 they're not. You know what? I think them bringing back Tyler Hero is the exact kind of uh, uh, like wrench that you you could throw into Denver's plans. Like if the Nuggets have they had the Heat figured out at this point, right? But Tyler Hero is is, is an unknown because you don't know he's how for so long though, Kelly. He's, he's been gone for so long, but all he needs to do is see the first shot go through the net. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Miami wins game six tonight. I'm not, I mean, I'm in game five. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Uh, Kelly, hold on. Wait, hold on. Time out. You got a guy who's been sitting on the sideline for that long, you know, his condition, and we don't know what type of conditioning he has. Well, I, I know it. You know, everything, has- everything, everything, everything sensible, sensible does not point to Miami being able to survive tonight, but I'm not going to count him out. So I've you think that he got one more win in him? Because they're not going to win the series. We know that, but they, they got one more. They got one more in them. They might. They got one more. And hey, if they get one, if they get Denver again in Denver, and they come back to Miami, they ain't Boston. If we can get one, <laughs> we can get another. No, man, no, no, no. This thing is, you know. I mean, I mean, I mean, everything points to Denver being able to finish the series off tonight. But you know, Tyler Hero, I had a, I had oh, a gentleman oh, oh, speak. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah I, I had four one. I think that was a sexy pick for everybody. Just the five games, give Miami one because of you know, give them respect for for getting to the finals. But it's Hemi Butler. Yeah, but Denver's Lee, man. And so I want to call upon your expertise as far as covering the NBA is what yeah. what makes what has made Denver so successful this year? Just their team concept. You know, they, their their front office was able to go around and add a Jeff Green, add a Bruce Brown, add a Contavious Caldwell Pope. Guys that can come in and give you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. And I know that this is so unprofessional, but I just feel like, you know, every time me and you talk, we just talking. You said Bruce, Bruce Brown, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. That's his name, Bruce Brown? Yeah. Free agent. Yeah. Yep, upcoming. Yep, for right. sure. Everybody helped these guys. But yeah, for sure. No, no. Austin Reeves, no. I am not in. Look, I know Spo wants Austin Reeves here, but that's because oh, he wants a, <laughs> a, a white player to cover. I got that part. I, I got that part. Spo, you know, Spo wants to, you know, because Frank Kaminsky really wouldn't just talk to Spo like that. So, <laughs> I mean, I get it. Spo wants Austin Reeves here. He thinks that he can help out. Jonathan thinks he can as well, but no, Austin Reeves, he looks a whole lot different when he's playing with, you know, two NBA superstars than he was trying to come play with this team. But Bruce Brown, yeah. is I like Bruce Brown. That, that fit in? For sure. For sure. Like a glove. Can do it all from that from that position. Um, yeah, they need – but like, like I said, like Denver, they were able to go out and add those kind of under-the-radar guys that can come in and – and bolster a team's rotation. So now you're seeing 
obviously everyone knows what Jokic does in terms of heliocentric, be able to impact the game on so many different levels. Jamal Murray now is healthy, being able to be that elite scorer, elite playmaker, and leader. Then you have an X factors. Aaron Gordon, who would have seen Aaron Gordon hitting three threes in the NBA Finals game? I would never have seen that. You know, just just seeing stuff like that, those timely performances, and then you sprinkle in Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Christian Braun, like they have their team is deep. So shout out to Calvin Booth and they've been able to go out and add those pieces, you know, and, and put together a real championship team. Well, I mean, they haven't done it yet, but for him to be able to go out and do that um, speaks a lot to, 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 to the championship medal. Um, but it's been impressive. It's been impressive. But, hey, I'm not counting on the heat just yet. I, see, I Kelly, see, but that's what I'm saying, Kelly. Hold on. Because you're talking about the spark that, that Tyler Hero can give Miami, right? Right. Michael Porter Jr. ain't been lit yet either. He could get lit tonight. He going yeah, home he could, could. Light, ignite that fire. And what <clears> you know, <throat> what he gets going, Kelly. What uh, here's a guy, and I understand because of the injuries has hampered him for so long, and him not being able to get his game on track. But Kelly, once he gets going, man, and he hasn't gotten going. He he hasn't got going yet. But right. tonight could be the night. So the reason why I have, you know, some level of optimism in Miami is because when you look at their shooters, like Gabe Vincent and Max Schroes, they didn't play well game four. Um, but just that quartet of shooters, Vincent, Struess, Duncan Robinson, now Hero, those are four guys that can, each of them can hit four threes themselves. And if, if Miami has their, their three-point shot going, that opens up the door for a lot of other stuff. Like now, you're, now you're talking about Jim Butler downhill actions, two man, two man game with Bam, being able to attack the rim, get to the foul line, get easy buckets that way, and it makes things, it puts a lot of pressure on the on the Denver defense. So, I, I do understand, I do understand the fact that um, Miami is down, but they're not out. They're not, they're not, they're not out yet. So, until I see it, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna believe, I believe it when I see it. Put it that way, I believe it when I see it. Well, I'm going to say this real quick, Kelly. You know, and that's great. That's great. But they also got to come back and play defense. Yeah. And, you know, once you're playing defense on that side of the ball, it's one of those things where you're like, hey, man, I, I you know, I come down. Yeah, I hit a shot. But now as soon as you hit a shot, now you got to come back down on the other end and you got to worry about those guys hitting shots as well. So it's going to be interesting. I just wanted to get your, you know, your, your view on the NBA finals um, game five between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami heat. Last thing I have for you, Kelly. Okay. I have, listen, I, I'm not a betting man. Okay. I'm, I'm not a betting man, even though I always okay. seem to predict winners. Like I'm all, if I ever decided to really put money on things, I think that I would probably make a lot of money. But I'm, right. one of them, I, I'm old Kelly. I can't just, you know, go out there because when I lose money, I'm mad. Yeah, I have a lot of money right now, Kelly. Out there, there's a lot of bets that I have made. On what? I'm about to tell you. Tell me why I feel that Jabari Smith Jr. is going mm-hmm. to be a better NBA player than Victor Wimbayama. Better what? Better NBA player. That's what I have the money on. I have a lot of bets, a lot of okay. bets out there that says that at the end of the By day. By what year? Like this season? Or you mean like in the I'm talking about the by like 
but down no no down the line like year like year five you know year year five through seven I feel like we'll be talking more about Jabari Smith Jr. than we will be talking about Victor. Why do you why do you believe that? Because I feel like Jabari is a two way player, and I think that Victor only plays on one end of the court, and Jabari buys into <clears throat> playing. Defense. He wants to play defense. He wants to be, you know, he said he wants to be on the all defensive team. He wants to be, you know, defensive player of the year. And if you you take that mindset and him and him learning to play defense, especially under a defensive minded coach now with Coach Udoka, you yeah. take that and, and you 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 take that mindset of him playing wanting to play defense. And then on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball, Kelly, I, I get it. Like Victor, his handles. His handles may be better than Jabari's. I'll give him that. But, I mean, Jabari can shoot. Jabari right. can post. Jabari right. got mid-range game. Like, there's right. not too many things that Victor can do on the offensive side of the ball that Jabari can't do. And so I feel like that defense sets him apart that right. makes him that two-way player, whereas we're just going to be talking about how great Victor is on one end of the court. So I'm going to disagree with you on – the defensive part for Victor, I, I think when you have an eight-foot wingspan and we've seen enough on tape to show that he can be an impactful defender. Now, from the physicality standpoint, he's going to have to improve his body a lot because the NBA is full of some big dudes here, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, from that perspective alone, he's going to have to – he's going to have his work cut out for him. But this kid is pretty damn good. So, and Jabari's rookie season, he has a lot to show me. Well, not me, but he has a lot to improve on after his rookie season. Now, he did end the year on a high note, which is good for him and his confidence. But he's going to need to do that over an 82-game period to, to show me that he's going to be better than Victor. Because right now, I don't think anybody will, would believe that apart from maybe Jabari. But it's not, it's, not, it's not the crazy thing in the world because of the defense you said and Playing under Ime, all those are very plausible points, but I got to see it first. Well, Kelly, and this is why I say this too, is because at 19 years old, I watched Jabari have to play against some of right. the top defenders in the NBA. And, you know, he held right. his own, but sometimes he got, listen, he did not have the experience. He did not have the NBA body, which right. is the exact same thing that's going to happen to Victor this year. So I'm not going to even talk about, Victor coming into the NBA because I feel like he's going to get, you know, th there's going to be some people that's going to abuse him right. because I've watched him. And I'm saying to myself, if, you know, if this plumber is doing this to you, if this, if, you know, if this engineer who playing in this league, you know, for fun, like I've seen people drop their shoulders into Victor and move him out of the paint. I've seen guards box him out of the paint. So it's pretty frail. That, it's pretty frail. And, and so, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, when I, when I look at that, mm -hmm. Jabari, if he's getting pushed a manhandled out of the paint, he's literally getting pushed a manhandled out of the paint. But right. for the most part, he buys in and he wants to play on both ends of the court. When I'm watching Victor in these leagues, I'm saying to myself, I'm not taking away anything from his talent. I think that he is, you know, uber talented. Yeah. I just need to see it on both ends of the court. And maybe because I've watched Jabari so much, I've seen yeah. it on both ends of the court. 
No, it, like your points. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's just from, from, from a consistency standpoint, Jabari, he didn't show me enough this season to warrant a, a project, like a trajectory that's greater than one of the greatest prospects we've seen in the last 25 years. So, Well, I'll say it, Kelly. I'll say it since nobody else will. He also got to be able to get – I think that if he'd have had more touches – we probably could have seen a little that's, bit more. That's, and that's fair. And that's fair. And that's fair. And maybe we'll see that under, you know, with a, a veteran point guard and a real system now and be able to see how to manufacture offense and get him more involved. Like if, cause Jabari is a guy that you look at him and he could, he could be a 20 point, you know, nine rebound guy shooting 40% from three, two way. Like he could be that guy. So it's not out of the question for sure, but I gotta see. I gotta see more. <laughs> well, we'll see, and you know what? I, I'm not gonna even lie. I think I shed a thug tear. I think I shed a thug tear when San Antonio was able to get the first pick. Why? I shed a thug tear because I said nothing is going to ignite Jabari more than playing against the San Antonio Spurs, and Victor gets yeah. switched off onto him. Kelly, he's one of those guys, man, where yeah, he just right. got that dog on the inside of him, Kelly. And he's probably going to hunt Victor and say, hey, come here. C -c come here. Yeah. I I come get this work. I got to see it, Kelly. But look, I'm not going to hold you any longer, man. Thank you for, for, for being on Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast. Can you tell the people where they can find you at? Um, Yeah. Um, subscribe to The Athletic. We have a dollar sale going on right now. Um. I'm on Twitter, Kelly Ego, Kelly, oh, Kelly, then IKO, Instagram, same thing. Subscribe to The Athletic, man. We got good stuff coming up. Subscribe to the ecosystem. We got some real good stuff coming up over there. Um, just stay tuned, man. It's going to be a busy summer. You want to be tapped in all the way. So, you know, to the best of your ability, you know, follow along with us. Myself, Sarge, Spo, Cody, all the guys. Um, try and give you this good content where we can. So I appreciate you bringing me on the show, brother. For sure. For sure, man. Now, once again, you've been tuned to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on the Twitter at Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end, on the Tick and the Talk at Big Sarge Media, and on YouTube at Big Sarge Media. Kelly, before we go, PCB. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Hard work, hard work.